and welcome to the weekly review with roman it's friday december 31st 2021 thank you so much for tuning in we're broadcasting live from mutiny radio we're in san francisco we're on unceded ramatouche ohlone land and for more information please check out our website at weeklyrev.org and click on the land acknowledgement tab and today joined by very special guest shirley rivera shirley thanks for being here um thank you for having me roman yeah this is the last show of the year and uh, the last show of the weekly review for the time being so appreciate folks tuning in we'll call this uh the last show of the first series yes i like that review yeah that's uh much more uplifting than the last show ever sob 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 well your show can take on different medium expressions maybe you'll start i don't know writing or as we met improv yeah yeah and plus all the storytelling yes yeah I i miss that a lot so i'm hoping i can fill this time with something else that's also creative and collaborative and uplifting. I think that you are naturally drawn to and expressive of that. So I'm pretty certain it will happen. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I appreciate that support. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we have a little pup in the studio. So if you hear any shuffles or sneezes, it's probably Avenal. Avenal. Yeah. Like the uh, city off of I-5 in... California, sort of the Central Valley of yeah. California, and I can share later if it's even of interest why he has that name, but um, he's new to me, a uh, two-year-old male Chihuahua Terrier mix, rescued from the Oakland Animal Services Aww. Yeah, on uh, Sunday, the day after Christmas. Oh, so that's very recent. It's very, very recent. We are, we are new roommates to each other cute well he's very sweet well i don't know if you've shared about how you yourself have also um done pro 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 pet sitting as well pro pet sitting yes yes cats and dogs worked as a pet sitter on and off over the years and i've come to really enjoy little creatures and uh they can be very soothing at times i and nobody can see this since it's radio but Roman and Avenal are making eyes at each other. Yes. It looks, without treats even. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he might remember that I did have the treats earlier. That's true. That's true. That's, but that's fine. He's so good. Thank you. Anyways, enough about the dog. <laughs> Maybe he'll come, he'll come back as a topic later yeah. or not. Yes. So we can talk about the show that, I mean, you've been so supportive of the show and I really appreciate it. And Shirley was the person who uh, pushed me to start a website to act in tandem with the show. And that's been super helpful in terms of having a platform to share show notes and provide links and have a record of the show. So I feel like the show has been going on since 2013 and we've gone back a few years at least on the website of shows. So it feels nice to have a record to be able to provide people with a place they can check out previous shows. That's true. And I think also there are still other... um... There's many shows, years of shows to kind of go back and reminisce and um, backfill. Yes. Any of the oh, yes. Notes. So um, <laughs> shout out to anybody who also wants a little bit of experience that I actually should say I helped in nudging you. Yes. And part of it is just for a different way for folks to find the links to the shows. But you are right about you are you are right about the show notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and big thanks to Malika who also was helping out with uh, filling in 
some of the info for the shows and we hope to go back and fill in more. And I, as I've been reminiscing about the show and all the folks I've met through this, I think about all the conversations I've had and just how much I've learned. And I'm so grateful for folks who have taken the time to come speak with me. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that's really interesting. So for me, you and I have known each other through improv Yes, and I've known you as also the host of your show and it wasn't until we started talking more and um, I'm not sure exactly when it happened. I think part of it was you were also doing journaling and some writing, personal yes. essay writing, that the um, idea came up also of me, like if I'm spending time with you, why don't I volunteer some time um, with you, for you, whatever that would be. And that's where the website came. And I think, not I think, I do recall we picked the name wordpress site yes so we picked the name and maybe it went for about 10 months because we both were like what's the password what is, where is it <laughs> yeah at? and i remember we met here at the station too i oh, remember when that right. happened we we're sitting right over there out in the lobby area here wow okay yes now that jogs my memory that oh this is almost like full circle because i this is the second time i've been here. I think I came in between at some point. There was yeah. something else happening, but as far as talking like this. Yeah, and there have yeah. been like shows here at the station too, and that's been something else I've really appreciated is being able to produce a few shows here over the years. Some spoken word and music performances here, and there's, you know, I feel like fewer and fewer performance spaces in the city, and then also I'm sure around the country as well. So really grateful that this place is still available for folks to perform and to also be able to broadcast it to anyone with an internet connection. Yeah, I was glad to learn that as well, even when Shelter in Place started last year, because you know, because I know that you ride your bike over here and um, you know get stuff done. Meanwhile, also, just the amount of preparation you do for your show is amazing. Yeah, thank you. I think that's the one thing I learned most of in listening to past shows. I thought, let me see what it's, what the level of effort is in backfilling, you know, uh, coming up with something um, like a format for your website. Um, what was I thinking? Oh, and the variety of news outlets and media and events even, both local and um, regional or even outside of the states that you would cover. So, um, as well as when you yourself are a guest on uh, someone else's show. Yes, yes, that has happened a few times. Yes. And uh, we're both wearing masks, so it's it's hard to, I can see your eyes, but it's hard to tell, <laughs> like, yeah, hard our, to read your other facial expressions. Well, we're smizing, yes, trademark. Yes, smizing. I don't know if we have to say that for Tyra Banks' sake. Uh, Tyra Banks is the least of my worries right now. <laughs> I think with all the shit I've said about police over the years, Tyra Banks is not really high up on the okay, list of people okay. who I think are going to be offended. I also, as far as I know, she doesn't listen to the show, which I know is a shock, um, but... Um, you we, know, we could put something in the show notes directly, uh, tag her. If I don't even know if she's on Twitter, I'm not going to pick up. I don't know. To find I don't want to pick up fights with anyone, really. I just kind of want to win fights. Okay. Yes. And you know, with the, with the powers that be with the folks who make policy that, uh, end up criminalizing poor people and pushing people out on the street and not providing health care. Those are my enemies. Well, I'll tell you, I do because of the um content 
that your show has that I that is unique and for somebody like myself who's been just really more around things that are traditional media um not all traditional but traditional enough I my Fridays are like educational moments and also for me to reflect on wait what bubble have I chosen to place myself in or has mainstream media chose to create for me so yes I won't get into all the mental gymnastics but it your show one of the biggest not one of the biggest but one of the more notable is um about prison abolitionists yeah and and not necessarily your show but your show adds to what are the issues in the San Francisco proper area around homeless and the police. I'm from the East Bay, um, and homelessness and the police present itself a bit differently, but mm-hmm. not that much differently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's still like an occupying force who get paid to protect property. Yes. And that's, <laughs> you know, kind of true in all parts of the country, unfortunately, and I'm sure other parts of the yeah. world too. Rabbit ears protect. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 And I mean, that's what something from doing the show has like certainly taught me is that I think just growing up in this country, there's so much brainwashing that one has to kind of undo just through the media and through schools and through politicians and one and just like through having conversations with people and through my own experiences and then reading articles that are not from any mainstream media outlets, one begins to open, you can open your mind a little bit and start questioning things. And it's not comfortable and it's it's scary because we're taught, oh, the police will protect you and if you just do the right thing. And of course, that's not true. Yeah, it's, it's interesting what you said. You were almost reading my mind. I thought to myself, there's this element of discomfort that some folks uh, might have when they read what is considered not mainstream media and then perhaps kind of label well you know that's not this or that or is it vetted or what have you and that's sort of feeds its way back to well that's part of what mainstream media almost um inherently has is well you have to believe that we are the you know arbiter of all of the activities going around yes um i will also say that i think I was very much moved by the variety, like, like the density of the topics that you address. And at times there would be some weekly cycles where it seemed like it was coming from all directions. Yeah. And um, I know, and you and I have talked about this, where... I appreciate, because I was just about to do it myself, um, how you honestly express your emotions, and then you take your two deep breaths. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure, yeah, I'm pretty certain, because during some of your shows, if you recall, and uh, it wasn't too frequent, but we'd be texting. Yes. Yeah. And I'm a fan of when you ask for any um requests for music yeah i used to do that a lot and i miss that and part of that has just been me not being on facebook as much for my mental health but then i miss out on some communication with people and also being able to advertise for the show and a lot of other things so it's been a a mixed bag in terms of not being on facebook as much and certainly not posting in like at least a year i think 
and and you're fine with that yeah i'm fine with it i miss it certainly and i think about certain shows i've had like i spoke with dylan rodriguez months ago about the cops off campus coalition and learned so much in that conversation that's just one of many where i've learned a lot and i'm like oh i really wish i had posted about that on facebook and i know it's not too late to do that and also it's how does one engage with like facebook is super fucking evil right the corporation's evil mark zuckerberg sucks that's not very specific but i think a lot of us can agree on that in terms of them putting forward misinformation um, not just in terms of like COVID, but in terms of politics, they put forward a lot of right wing, like fascist content, and they end up like banning other folks who p- protest against that. They had the whole real names policy that would suspend people yeah. who didn't have their government names on there. There's the advertising, there's the selling of data. There are so many other issues with it. And it's like, if only he was a good guy, we could have like the revolution, you know, things could have been so much different if we were able just to share information freely without the state kind of barging in and pushing an agenda that's harmful to us. Well, and I'll say that I believe, um, and we've been friends for a while, and I know that that's a sentiment you've had, and I'm pretty confident to say that I'm, it's, it influenced in my um, much less frequent Facebook activity. Um, partly, well, we don't have to talk about it, but the last presidential cycle <laughs> oh, a little yeah. bit unnerving yes um but nevertheless it i mean i you know i found other ways to talk to people yes yeah that's so, true and i mean i normally do anyways but um it does make me um look at what parts of facebook and other social media platforms yes, yes. i will interact with i must admit um when i can tell when you are in the curating of news yes uh, because my (laughs) i think you know what i'm going to say my phone goes off in bursts when you tweet or retweet uh so and it's fine because i'm like oh yay why are you up as late as i am (laughs) because i think you've been up in the early ams oh definitely yeah and something that like i was working with my therapist on was like being on twitter a little bit less because it was certainly having a a similar impact on my mental health um, for perhaps different reasons than facebook but also just so much doom and gloom and also if you know if you can't take action about something especially at that time that you're reading it one can feel really hopeless and so now i'm on twitter just like three days a week for the most part and that's helped so much in terms of like not being fully uh enveloped in all that's going on so i wonder then and and we talked a little bit um very little bit about this before the beginning of show um i imagine you will still continue to consume um information yeah and and we just mentioned it that there will likely be other outlets um, I, I'm just looking forward to seeing how that's going to emerge. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's this is something where once you do something for a really long time, it's kind of hard to break a pattern. Yeah. And I've loved coming here to the station, and it's also really hard. Like, I feel grateful that I can leave on my own terms, and it's my decision to do so. And also, that's always been really hard for me in a variety of ways, whether it be like a job or a relationship when something doesn't feel like it's working out, to be able to say, this is no longer serving me. I'm going to move on. And it's a hard thing to do. Do you feel that the hard thing to do is 
like sort of that current in moment um, or and or is some of it also the the unknown going forward? Definitely the unknown going forward. Okay. And okay. also just like for folks who have known me since I've been back in the Bay Area, like I've moved a lot. I've had a lot of different jobs. I, I haven't I didn't have a lot of I've had I've been more stable in the last few years, which is ironic considering we're living in a during a pandemic, but I've been more stable in most places in my life um, the last few years. And so it's weird to like kind of like give up this one piece of structure that I've had since 2013. Like I can't keep, I don't know how many places I've lived since I started this show or like, I feel like such a different person. Um, and as someone who um, kindly has offered me rides over the years, I'm sure you've dropped me <laughs> off at like various different places I've lived over the years. And it does feel scary to then um, give up something I've been working on for so long and also like, okay, who am I then? This is part of my identity. Not that I go up to people at parties, not that I go to parties even before the pandemic, I wasn't really going to parties, but you know, in terms of like people ask, what do you do or what are your hobbies? And then this will be a piece that's no longer um, part of my present life. So just trying to understand that and how that will be from yeah. now on. And, and I'm not gonna do the coachy coach thing or whatever, <laughs> but I would say, I mean, that was sort of why I asked that question earlier, um, because I wouldn't consider you necessarily restless, but you definitely are active and expressive. I know either through words or through journaling, um, maybe, Maybe we can share that. Yes. Journaling. Go ahead. Shirley has gifted me literally dozens of journals over the years that I am working through filling out. And uh, Shirley will refer to herself <laughs> in third person. <laughs> I have hoarded a lot of journals that are just, there's some of them are really beautiful. Some of them are just, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're beautiful or not, but it's almost at every turn. I'm like, what? Another one? So I've been glad that um, you have that. And I'm amazed at the pace that you journal um, and putting aside kind of the routines. I, I know you're not, uh, I'm not, not that it's good or bad, but it's not like part of your journaling is like the morning pages. It's really comparable to that. I don't know if you do it around. When I try to do it in the morning. Yeah. 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 Um, but Roman, there, as you know, there are yet more journals to come. <laughs> All right. So if you call now, if you're the 10th caller, you will win six journals. Yeah. And yes, <laughs> actually. And if you call in half an hour, you'll win seven journals. Um, and if journals are not your thing and old school composition books, turns out I found <laughs> a stack of those. I was like, what is this about? So who knows? Who knows what that's about? Um, candles. Yeah. I've learned sure. that Roman likes candles because I think I asked you if you wanted any. And then yeah. I discovered I had, I don't know, more than a dozen. A lot. Easily. Yeah. And in fact, that was the first trip I made from the East Bay to San Francisco. <laughs> during shelter in place last year to drop off a mm. box of candles. I have more. I found more. I'll just leave it at that. That's okay. There's always room for more candles. Yes. And I have tea candles 
Oh, I'm still going through that bag of tea lights you gave me. So am I. So I have my own. I have. Thank you. Just, yeah, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, I think um, just the space that. Uh, really, I guess it's almost like four hours of of sort of getting prepped, coming here, yes. doing the show, yeah. closing up. You know w- what will um, emerge from that, and. Eight years. Congratulations. Thank you. On series one. Yeah, series one. Yeah. It's it's a lot. And I feel like I've changed a lot. Thank goodness since, you know, from who I was back when we started. I wonder. Uh, so I actually don't know the whole um, background. So it's it's the show here for eight years or were yes. you also? Okay. And, and prior to that. Um, prior to coming here, did you have a similar kind of format where you, um, you know, were doing kind of a news curation? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it started with my friend Molly and I, and I was working as a caregiver for Molly's dad, and we're all living together in Noe Valley in like a, the equivalent of like a one bedroom. So it was really, okay. it was small. And um, I was working as a caregiver for her father and his eyes, he was elderly and his eyesight had kind of gone. So one thing I would do is he wanted me to read uh, news articles from the New York Times. And so I'd read read them aloud to him. And so I would do that. And Molly and I had gotten to talking and we we're thinking about, oh, it'd be cool for us to do a show. And also what if we were able to read aloud stories, but maybe ones from other sources aside from the New York Times and other more mainstream media, 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 meh, media outlets. And I think that's kind of how it began. And we would invite guests on, we'd play some music. And that just that's how it started. Wow. Wow. That's such an organic way of it just kind of evolving yes i don't think i met you at the very beginning of your show i think i maybe we knew of each other um and then yeah yes because we were in improv class together right. and i've met so many great folks throughout the years through improv it's really probably the best thing i mean i've there's so many great can be a lot of really positive things about it but for me the highlight has been all the folks i've met yeah, I say that I, I think of that also. I, uh, you know, I think it was back in 2012 or 13. Um, I'm going to say the F word. Uh, we Which, uh, which F word? Facebook. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's so, no censorship on this show. You can swear if you want well, to. Comparable or not, I don't know. Yes. Facebook. So um, I'm in the East Bay. I met folks in the South Bay and on the peninsula. And... They were part of indie teams or just sort of uh, doing, the, there's a jam mm-hmm. that was down in the South Bay. And we started a Facebook group, Improv Scene, for the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, so the three of us, it was myself, um, Amit, and Dean, started it because we wanted a place where individuals or indie teams could post about their shows because pretty much all the theaters had their own pages. And um, is nice. I am involved in it still. That's part of the reason that I'm still some still tethered to Facebook. And it's really interesting to see how the improv scene has evolved. Um, both Dean and Amit are no longer. Um, well, Dean moved to Chicago, mm-hmm. and then I'm not sure what Amit has done. I, I believe he's still in the Bay Area. Having said that, though. One of the things I think is interesting 
in the Bay Area, not to make this about, let's talk about the improv scene, <laughs> but is, is just um, how it's evolved. At least, you know, I started in 2011 down in Fremont. Okay. Um, just how it's evolved where people are um, crossing over in theaters. Because I think it was a little bit more um, uh, siloed. Yes. You will. And and that's not the case now. And as well as the theaters also offering sketch writing. So there's that kind of crossover. Um, but it is. Well, let me ask you. Yes. Have you thought about going back and doing improv? I miss it a lot. Oh. I miss it a lot. And also when I stopped in like 2016, I was just no longer having fun. Yeah. And also just like politically, I found myself there was. Um, a lot more there was more rallies and more organizing that was going on. I remember like having to go from like a protest to an improv practice and having to or a protest yeah, like that literally yes. happened several times or a protest to a show and it's really difficult to like move one's like mind and one's heart from one place to another. And like yes, we're all existing in the same world. Yes, everything is connected. And to go in and to be really angry about something to then playing on stage you know it's like it's re it was really difficult for me to adjust my feelings and then to be like um like for one time there was a protest against hi um i think it was like against police brutality in the castro and then we had a rehearsal and back when there was a community room in the mission police station that yeah. some improv folks would use to rehearse and yes. that's where I had to go to rehearse and I felt uncomfortable about it but like that like I can't think of anything more concrete than going to, from um using my energy and like having folks just full of a lot of emotion like righteous emotions and anger and frustration to then having to walk into a station that I don't believe honestly should be there because they're detriment to the people of San Francisco that's a very like harsh, but like, honestly, it was like, okay, here are this group of this gang who goes around attacking homeless people and a lot of other folks. And then now I'm going to go rehearse in the police state. Like it just, I could not, yeah. I could not like, I, I it kind of broke my brain a little bit. Yeah. It's not quite this. It's not exactly at all like cognitive dissonance, but it that's is the a phrase I was thinking of for sure. It's definitely a form of dissonance that is, um, I mean, I think yours, as you were saying a little earlier, is also a lot more layered. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're you're right. And I'm not at all familiar with all the things around neuroscience and, you know, cognitive behavior. But I have to believe that, you know, the brain, you're accessing definitely yes. different parts of your brain. Yeah. Um, when that happens. You know, I... This isn't really quite related to improv, but what popped into my um, head, and I think I called you up about this also because it was a workshop many years ago um, offered um, in Oakland, Theater of the Oppressed. Yes. Like I remember when I started hearing that there were these other, I don't know if it's formats or, or context to express one's self or one's, you know, or, or, you know, whatever, express, express, right? And I, I don't know, you made me think of that, um, mainly because I don't know, I've not surveyed um, what and where there are improvised type structures that may be like kind to the stuff 
to the stuff, <laughs> to to kind of what the weekly review has been about. Yeah, you know, it doesn't have to. I mean, there's ways. Yeah, I'll, I'll just. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, my my uh, brain is a little bit jumbled. I got a little bit sidetracked with the dog bark. <laughs> oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's one more thing I wanted to share. Just another example. Um, is that there was um, back when there was a Super Bowl in Santa Clara? It wasn't even in San Francisco years ago. This is when Ed Lee was still mayor. Oh yeah, they did yeah. sweeps of downtown San Francisco, of like unhoused people and encampments because they wanted the San Francisco to look nice for the media. Even though that's first of all, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. You should just providing people housing. It's not that complicated. But then second of all, the Super Bowl wasn't even in San Francisco yeah. proper. But they used that as a reason to try to like just cause further harm to unhoused people. And there was massive there was like a massive protest out by Embarcadero. And I remember I was there for a couple hours and then I had to go to do an improv show. And it was so like, I didn't want to leave. And it was just, and I, it was just, yeah, that's like another example. And this happened like numerous times. Then I'm just going to keep on going because I was at a, um, one of our improv team bonding moments. This is like the second team I was on, I think. And at Dolores park. And I got a phone message from a friend of mine's sister and my friend had committed suicide. Oh, And so I should provide a trigger warning before the show, but I guess it's a bit late for that. But then I was like, how do, you know, and that's like, fuck, you know, and like, this is like another, I've, you know, lost a number of friends over the years. And it's just like, how does one continue to like, like go on as if nothing, it's it's not against any of my teammates, you know, but it's also just like, if you're going to, one is going through so much, like, pain and suffering it's really difficult to then show up um to show up Uh, yeah i have to say i i mean um and so i don't know if we're gonna thumb wrestle on this one but i have to say interestingly your commitment to improv is amazing because i think (laughs) (laughs) some folks would be like okay i'm gonna tap out on this show tonight because this happened so um you know, it's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. Yeah. But um, I will say that that's why I was asking if you're going back into improv because I know that it has been quite part of your life. Yeah. And I think um, I did listen to your um, interview. I mean, because of the website um, with was it Magnet Theater? Who? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and so. So anyways, that's my comment that that you um, also equally held improv in a particular regard as far as your commitment. Yeah. I mean, improv, like, cha- sorry, I mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was saying, like, improv, yeah, like, like, changed my life, like, in terms of, like, realizing I was trans, like, improv played a huge part in that, where just being able to experiment in terms of identity and who I was and how I wanted to be seen and viewed, like, that provided a really huge part of you know who i am in terms of my evolution as a human being uh-huh. so like i am so grateful for that i have never asked you this and i know that you've done a workshop related um have you done workshops around the the topic or around your experience or something of that nature yeah i've done some workshops through like gender identity in improv and i feel like i've always wanted to be a teacher and like i've I've taught like a few drop-in classes, but I've I'll, I've a big diff I've a lot of difficulty with being an authoritative figure. Like mm, even if like mm. I've done improv for years, I f- you know I feel like I'm pretty I understand it pretty well, and I've done lectures on you know on 
gender identity and like now I teach medical students about it. So it's like, I feel like I have the, the knowledge. It's just a matter of being in a position of authority that I feel like, I think also with a drop in it's, you know, it, it's, you don't know who's going to show up. It's a one-time thing. You want to establish safety and rules and everything. And that can be really difficult. So yeah. I found I've had a few good times doing it, but it was also more or less something I was really anxious about and kind of struggled with in terms of telling people what to do or what not to do. Well, just based on what you mentioned about the timeline and kind of stopping around 2016, I mean, since then, a lot of perspectives about space has definitely shifted. Yes. So there's that. Um, that came to mind. And then the second thing is, that's right, about the medical students. Yeah. That, that, and I, I actually learned from you, I, I never thought like, is that an issue in the healthcare? I'm oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm so, like, what rock was I under? Well, no, I mean, it's the thing where, like, unless it happens to you or someone you know, you might not know about it. And I think that's true for everyone and everything. Yes. Good point. Good so, point. I mean, whether you're trans or disabled or have any other, like, folks who are fat, like, any other, like, part of your identity, like, the healthcare community can definitely find a reason to hold that against you and, and like, prevent you from receiving care. Yes, or uh, choose to give you care, choose to give you, air quotes, care. Yes, yes. Yeah, the performative aspect. Right, right. I'm thinking it also can be, you know, racist and sexist yeah. and on and on. So I also want to, like, incorporate that, too. I didn't mean to make the, li the list as, you know, limiting, but it's just... There's a lot too, and thankfully, like there's a lot of like med students who are like learning more, like all encompassing healthcare. Well, so how does that show up in the work that you do with them? Like, do you mind sharing a little bit? Sure. I mean, part of it can be like I've done different cases, but sometimes doing like a trans patient or a non-binary patient, and like training students to ask pronouns and to not make assumptions about uh, their trans patients, and so really just like oh. It's providing feedback, I think, also. So, like, yes, they're there for a medical reason, but it's also we really want to focus on the bedside manner and the communication skills and their empathy. Mm -hmm. So providing feedback on that. And I'd, I'd much rather, as a trans person who has definitely had a lot of difficulty over the years um, through the medical field, um, just being cared for, I am so grateful that now I can, like, work with medical students and maybe have them say something that's maybe a bit awkward or, or hurtful, even unintentionally, and have that come against me and right. I can correct them. And then that way, when they go to, on to work with trans patients, they don't make that same mistake. I have to imagine that is a very valuable role that you serve. Yeah. So that's, Thank you. you're welcome. Um, how often do you get a chance to do that? And, and where do you get to do that? I've done that a bit at Stanford, um, but I also do like the standardized patient work at Samuel Merritt and UCSF. So, so standardized patient, if, that's basically that's a that's a thing that is a practice that is what what residents or students mm -hmm. go through is that yeah students of all different years we've also done like some ones for like nurses or some caseworkers mm -hmm. so there's like one that we do I'm not I shouldn't like I don't want to give away the cases at all but like variety of issues like it's anything from like just like a random like physical like small physical ailment to like a recovering alcoholic to someone who maybe doesn't have a lot of family support i'm trying to be as general as possible yeah. but like a whole wide range of different ailments so that's really so both from improv and then acting it sounds like um and then also just the um interpersonal 
um, communications. That's a lot of, that's, that's really, you and I will probably talk a little bit more about yeah. this also. Yeah, it's so nice to be able to talk to someone about this too. Well, I, so. I, um, I mean, it was b because of you, again, that's when I started going, oh, this is a thing that happens. Okay, that's interesting. I just got the Kelly Clarkson song because of you in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> but please go on. <laughs> I, I, why don't you replace that with Mariah Carey's Christmas? I know it's over. All I want for Christmas tune. No, will that Kelly Clarkson's still in there? Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I think they're both in there now. Okay, one's, sorry. one's in each ear. That's fine. I'll have to, I'll have to apologize for you. No, just, don't please uh, don't apologize. Okay. I was just trying to be funny. Well, but no, it also I, tell the truth because be, yes, because yes. and truth is, in comedy. There, this, this will show up sometime later roman is a callback yeah somewhere. kelly clarkson's gonna listen to the show and be really offended she and tara <laughs> banks are gonna like form a coalition well let's just get mariah carey back in here because if, if i would love to meet mimi yeah i mean i did not um I, I i thought i was going to do it um so random sorry i'm gonna stick with the mariah carey thing apparently mcdonald's had an app where there was like the Mariah Carey menu. I was like, oh my gosh. So I did not. I didn't know about that at all. Uh, There's I, so much information out there that like it's impossible to know everything. Yeah. And, and I'm going to stop talking because then uh, <laughs> there's a no. lot of other information. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, uh, that just sort of came up. Um, well, it was the sketch show. There was a sketch that somebody did a parody uh -huh. of that tune. Okay. And, um, yeah. It, uh, what was it? Yeah. I'll have to... I, I wish I could remember the chorus line, but I can't. But, oh, well, if it comes to me. I hope I get it. Oh, I hope I get it. <laughs> it's, uh, oh, leave me instead of all I want for Christmas is you. Instead of that, Yeah. it's... um. Leave me here till something improves. And so it's all about just, you know, the COVID situation. Yes. It's really quite funny. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it won't get taken down on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I, I wanted to circle back. Yes. Um, so I think part of it is this 2016 when you left improv i know that you had also been doing storytelling yeah and comedy has was that part of that or were you still doing a little bit more after that um it was like around that same time too i also, think part of it was like my my stand-up was getting more political and not that stand-up can't be political i think sometimes the best stand-up is political when you're punching up but for me it was more like it wasn't that funny Mm -hmm. Or I was just so angry. It was difficult for me to find humor in it. And I was so terrified. And this was like before the election. I mean, things have been bad for a long time for a lot of people. Yes. And I'd come to come to comedy shows and I'd be like, for instance, at uh, Galleria de la Raza, which was this awesome like art yeah. gallery here that was in the mission. They had had a mural up of, um, there was like a trans man on the mural and it had been set a fire like twice. And I remember like, coming to do a show here at mutiny radio and there was a guy in the audience who was like shouting about it like not you know he was like blah, 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 and like just saying some nonsense and i got so fucking angry and i'm like granted i'm not telling jokes about it but i was more just like hey this is what's going on it's really messed up and it was like difficult to then like come back to the space and like 
and just other and also uh, modern times which was a re- really great bookstore mm-hmm. it moved a couple times but the last place it was at was on 24th street and they closed and they used to host the monthly queer open mic which i always right. went to and that even if i didn't do like stand up there i did more like just spoken word and spur of the moment like speaking and when that place closed down it was like okay here's one less venue and one less show for me to do and that was one that i did every month and so I think it was also just, you know, the dark room closed oh, and we mostly I did like improv right. there, but a lot of it was just like venues. There was that other one, I forget the name of it, but like so many different venues closed too. So, and in terms of like wanting to feel safe, like there are some places I felt safer performing than others. Got it. Got it. So I think that was a big, a big piece of it. Well, um, this popped in my head. I think you're the one that, and again, I was living under a rock, uh, that introduced me to the talents of Margaret Gomez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I remember seeing that you had also um, done a show with her. Yes. Opening, and um, I did, because of your mention of her, end up taking right. a workshop. That's right, that's yeah. right. Yeah, and actually she, ooh, I just got chills. It was uh, taking this, it, it was for solo show, and there was uh, four of us mm-hmm. in the course we met um for a few weeks um well i believe that she's really the reason that i started feeling more comfortable doing the essays Mm. you know storytelling yes well and and also learning that the written essay does not directly translate to stage Mm -hmm. yeah so i and you helped me with that you you consulted and helped me um with direction on a piece I did, but um, yeah, thanks for bringing her into my life. She's fabulous. Yes, yes, she is, and I was grateful she was a guest on the show. Yeah, several years ago. So I feel so grateful to have met her here yeah. in the city. I want to also say, when you were talking about just sort of improv, and you didn't really use this word, but I'll say representation. Mm. I'm going to call back because this is Maya. I'm just going to talk about my faves here. Yeah. <laughs> is that you had a chance to uh, interview also Brian Tang. Yes. AKA Otter. Yes. And he and April were the ones that founded Untold Improv. And mm-hmm. I have to admit, I'm not sure what the status is of that at this point. Um, when Shelter in Place happened last year, uh, definitely. You know, they did the, we're going to, you know, not continue for a while. Yeah. And there wasn't an online offering per se. Um, but I, you know, to me, that was, that that is, I'm going to, uh, um, a rather awesome space. Um, yeah. Where, um, it's intended for people of color and he's half Asian, half white, gay man, and just... I don't know. And he has a dog also. I don't know. That doesn't matter. <laughs> but No, but um, I'm going to, it's been a while. I'll have to listen to that interview because I remember really enjoying it the first time. Yes. Yeah. That, yeah. You guys. It was a great interview and I'm so glad to meet them. And also I was so happy to be invited to the show that you were in. Oh, yeah, Improv. That, that was, was a so really fun. great show. It, you know, can you imagine, they are intro. So people also at any level but most of the people that were in that show were it's like it was their first time and it was just it was wonderful <laughs> there and it, it's really interesting i mean i'm i'm biased i should say um it, um because i've 
um, offered to volunteer for them and have done some stuff. But the they mix kind of... Uh, so April and Brian have summer camp mm-hmm. um, background. Um, not just going to summer camp, but like being... Yeah, the yes. summer camp. Yeah, yeah. counselors. And um, also in the diversity space. So they bring a real interesting way of how of of bringing people into the improv space through storytelling and in fact um chris and i so he was he's a friend um from improv and and a friend yes yes uh he and i went thinking well we'll just go there's an option for uh complimentary and we're not going to take another class because we've taken classes upon classes and at the break uh chris was like yeah, I'm in. Mm-hmm. And it was such a different experience. The first, like, I don't know, it was hour 15, hour 20 minutes. Just, um, it, I don't know, it was, just, it was just really different. Yeah. It just felt different. Um, it felt natural, more yes. natural. So, I, I, you know, I guess it's one of those experiential things. Um, so anyways, I'll stop there. It's being very vague because you and I are just basically making eyebrows at each other. Oh, we are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying, eyebrow, eyebrow. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's made me think of, I was going to become a teacher of improv at Endgames and I was a TA for a class and I think it was like the demographic ended up being, I think I was there for like three weeks and by the third week, I want to say like, it was like 15 of 18 of the students. It was like a big group of certainly, but I want to say around 15 of 18 ish were as far as I know, cis white men. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't be like, this just doesn't feel like I want to be in this space, I guess. Oh, you know, that's, that's interesting because I think there is, uh, I think April Mm -hmm. had an experience where, she recognized she was one of the few non-white students. Yes. Um, still had a good time. Um, yes. At a particular improv setting, and it's not just—it's not that the schools are saying, "Hey, we only want this or right, that." Right, 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 right. But it really is sort of the yeah. demographic. And not every class is like that. Correct. I do want, like this was just happened to be the one that I was placed in to be a TA. Yeah. Wow. So that was that's a. And this was like in this was the same year that there were the two back to back planned rallies in San Francisco and Berkeley that were like the right wing because they've been coming to Berkeley oh. and San Francisco before then, and there hadn't been a big enough turnout, and then finally there was enough organizing around it where folks really showed up and pushed them out of town. But I remember like it was, again, this is like the kind of the synchronicity where it was like the week before this weekend and I was doing security on one of the days, which was like a whole other thing. So anyway, there was like San Francisco one day and then Berkeley the second day. And I was like, I remember talking to one of the students about it and like, you know, he was on board, you know, I wasn't talking to folks who were necessarily like in favor, you know, like, and I do believe that improv can be a way to organize and there's so much power in theater. And also I was like, I was so worried about these rallies based on what had happened previously that it was so hard for me to be present to give myself to, you know, this, this class. So I do remember about your going to Berkeley. Yeah. And I, it's not a pleasant thing in my head. Yeah. I'm remembering. That um, was like, I think one of the first ones. Cause I think there were a couple before there were like the larger ones. Okay. Um, and I, I remember 
thinking at the time about your safety and not to say like particularly particularly that i mean because i um yes i'll just i'm gonna say yes yeah. say big deep breath Big yeah. yeah. And some of the folks who came like from out of town and of course the police protected them that the police literally protected neo-Nazis and then fired tear gas at us. Some of the folks who came in from out of town to cause harm in Berkeley are the same some of the same people who ended up fucking trying to riot at the Capitol on January 6th. So Jeez. people have had a history of trying to like cause trouble and then there'd be like liberals in Berkeley being like, "Oh, you're just as bad as they are." And we'd be like, "No, no. like these are folks from out of yeah. town coming to cause harm." Exactly. Ugh. Anyway, yeah. so I was in that, I'm still quite, you know, having a lot of feelings about it. This was years ago this happened. It, yes. So it was really hard for me to be present while trying to like lead a game of Zip Zaps up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not laughing. No, I'm not, it's yeah, meant to be I funny. Know, it's I like, know. I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Oh, yeah, and I guess the worst would be is, you know, where uh, Zip Zap Sop is played using the alphabet. How, sorry, I'm just going to go down this path. Please. You know, Bip Bap Bop, yeah. Kip Cap Cop. I'm like, fuck, fuck. Yeah. God like, damn that's... it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I can't even imagine. Well, yeah, you, you're like, again, I'm going to go back to this. Yes. And your commitment to improv. Yes, my commitment to improv. <laughs> For lack of <laughs> no, no, but I think I think oh, I should say no, no. Sorry, I wasn't. No, I can say it to to take that away from you. But I didn't know the genesis of your entering into improv. That it was part of. So this is in yeah of of the trans identity. Yeah, and so I can see how. I mean, period. That how you know improv is why it would have that um connectivity yes and also i was like really shy growing up i still feel to an extent i'm pretty shy and it gave me a place to like open up and to like try to listen more and to speak up more yeah and I, yeah i oh my gosh are we making this about roman and improv I, I, sure I, I enjoy the duo you have had Mm -hmm. with sean Geary. that's been so much fun yeah so sean geary will do this hey sean <laughs> we'll have to make sure you we'll tag him in this post yes we'll tag him in this post um uh yeah you two had just really um touching scenes and it's just you know it's it was wonderful thank you you're welcome yeah and i love doing like more like long drawn out dramatic scene work instead of i mean it's great if you can make get a laugh for sure but i feel like also just having the time to be able to do something instead of having to do a herald or having to make a joke or look for the game just to have something that's more natural i, yeah. I tend to like that work a lot more um I, I will say uh i found when i was taking a sketch class a couple times where I was like, oh yeah, the game thing, you know, so that the, the writing of sketches uh, helps me to remember the game part because I think of the teams that I've been on um, are more organic and uh, narrative. We weren't necessarily um, doing the kind of game UCB style, um, but uh, I think you and I can talk afterwards yes. about 
the two of us doing That'd improv. I know we talk about be that. awesome. Yeah, and and um, however that shows up. Yeah. Um, whether in person or not. Actually, going back to Brian to Otter, mm-hmm. he and I did a. We were catching up on Zoom, and then we did a kind of experimental improv thing, and it was really fun. Um, so I, I'm glad to see you in person. Yeah, so you too. See, yeah, we can see what happens. Yeah. Um, it's I, so much better to be able to collaborate. Yes. For yes, sure. Yes. Um, okay, so uh, I'm not going to call it a bucket list. or I'm going to call it something I would have fun doing with you okay is improv i know we yeah. were on um yeah there we go there that's 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 a thing um and now i guess i i'll have to think about coming over this side of the bay yeah or i can come see you or we can even just do it virtually too i know it's not the same but yeah we have the technology well you know what there are jams happening some of them are virtual oh and some of them are in interesting. Person. I didn't know that. Yes. I'm kind of out of the loop. I'm just in the loop because of the Facebook. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. Was say the F word page. Y- no, yeah. Yeah. Page. I had gotten off Facebook. And then when I started taking classes again in improv here, I was coerced. I was the only person in my class not on Facebook. And I was kind of coerced to join, rejoin Facebook. So, but, but just in the group, right? I mean, you, I mean, to, I, my profile, I think I had quit my profile and then I just joined again. Yeah. Yeah. So if it hadn't been for improv, I, you know, might have been off Facebook. But then I, I've met people through Facebook that I might not have met. So. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it is a, it is a channel. Yes. To do that. Yes. And then the contextual corporate layer is. Yes. Problematic. Yep. Um, so I, and disclosure though, I have to say, you know, I, uh, I I have my own little solo business practice and I'm told, Oh, you should have a Facebook page. So I have one. Um, it's kind of been a filing cabinet of interesting articles around air quality and power plants. Mm. Um, I don't really tend to engage with folks and every once in a while, somebody may message me and I get it. <laughs> I get a little bit like, wait, people are using this. But then the other ones are Facebook groups that are, um, that feed my hobby around pens and journals and, you know, <laughs> the other things. Yes. That, yeah. Um, I will, and I, I'll repeat it again. I, like I said, I, I, what I do like about that Facebook improv page is that I get to see the variety of offerings. And especially during the pandemic, it was interesting, you know, theaters and communities outside of the, the you know what what the internet is made for right outside of this the you know property lines of the greater bay area yeah we're offering events so that i mean those are when you think like oh this is great you know to have that access but then i won't belabor the other problematic parts yes um so you're off facebook i mean i still have a profile on there i just and it's helpful to check every now and then to see you know which of my friends have COVID, which is really fucking sad. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Or just to check in every now and then. I don't really post, but I, I, there's a lot of folks I'm connected to on there where I don't have their phone numbers or their email addresses. Yes. So. Well, and I know, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's definitely kind of the plus. I will leave you with, well, not leave you with this, but 
I will say something that was interesting from high school. Yeah. So I graduated in 81. Um, there was a woman who connected with me. Uh, she had a, a brother and um, I think he was in our grade, my grade, and um, a little sister. Anyways, long story short, the family of them all connected with me. And the youngest, she sent me a Facebook message uh-huh. thanking me for what a nice person I was at her sister's, I think it was 16th birthday, huh. because she was like the younger sister. Uh-huh. And then I came over to talk with her and spend time with her. And that that was one of her most memorable moments. Oh. I know. Hand to heart. I was like, what? And, it, you know, I mean, it made me think of two things. Ah, uh, you know, this is, I learned this from Facebook. And, you know, I, I, I mean, what a wonderful gift yes. of her sharing that yes. via Facebook. But then also just that to... To learn that somebody felt that way all these years, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. And I think that was two years ago. So, you know, do the math from, uh, what is that, 30 years difference about? Um, it was very sweet. It was very sweet. And so there are those times where I think like, okay, well, one, this is completely tangent but related. Remember how we show up? in somebody's life yes because, i mean to have somebody share that is amazing yeah um and then doggone it facebook mm-hmm. connecting people in the world i know right <laughs> yeah um but uh i don't know why i shared that i'm gonna have to let her know that i shared it we can put that in the show notes too sure yeah <laughs> What I used to do is when I'd be having a music break, then I would like put in the show notes, but I feel like this episode's going to be like, can write it afterwards. It's going to be a mind map of topics. Yes. It uh, already is. Name, you know, just people and yeah. Yes. Yes. As, uh, I, I had, um, I had been interviewed by another fellow improviser who's in Southern California. Yes. Fernando. Yes. And uh, one of our mutual friends, Roman um, and I, uh, this guy Harp, who's up here, um, he was like, yeah, I listened to it. It was like eavesdropping on two people at a bar talking about, (laughs) you know, catching up and reconnecting. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, But, uh, yeah, it is. Well, I don't know. Do you have certain times that you have to take a break or anything oh we can i mean no i mean i'm okay with just going but if you want to take a break oh, i'm no, happy to no, i did fine. select a lot of music just in case this and is... i had a dream of... go ahead no go ahead you have a oh i had a dream like a few nights ago that like i came here and there was like nothing going on so i just played music for the entire time and i was okay with that okay. so i was like I th- and i thought you know for some reason this doesn't happen I'm like i'll just put together like two hours of my favorite music and oh is that why you asked me how i was feeling a couple days ago about i think um, and also that was like because we had initially planned this before omicron and just also wanting to be like i haven't like my friend mia stopped by once but other than that i haven't really had any guests i've just done pre-recording pretty much since the pandemic i think so i also just wanted to be sure that you know you felt safe coming in and everything and well you saw me do it i took a picture from behind the mic so that it could be part of you oh yeah uh part of your um site and 
Twitter, what, however you want. <laughs> I, I will say I do appreciate your always um, being very diligent about asking um, about the concerns around the, um, COVID. Oh, yeah. 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 It's, you know, I mean, it's just a bar of checking in, which I feel like even pre-pandemic is helpful to remember to do because we're all kind of going through it in a variety of ways. And sometimes I know for myself, like I might not say how I'm feeling, but it's helpful when other folks have been like, hey, what's going on? And I'd be like, oh, well, actually, this is what's on my mind. Or, and then I think with a pandemic, yeah, like <laughs> well, and folks are also just handle it in different ways, too. Yes. Um it was very generous of you to, you know, let me know if you were getting tested and yeah. results. Like I just like that amount. It's good. I um, test every couple of times a month. I do volunteer where I um, pick up food mm -hmm. from Kaiser and then drop it off at Barrier Community Center uh, services down in Fremont. And um, they, the organization I volunteer for Daily Bowl doesn't mandate that we do that necessarily. Uh -huh. um, however, let me say it differently. They ask that we check. Yeah. And we all, I think just inherently, we all are volunteers who <laughs> actually do regularly check. Um, and what I do um, think is interesting about the variety of responses some folks have about just just getting tested to check yeah you know um and the seesaw guidelines that continue to uh, come out uh, I, I have to tell you and, and maybe i can show you later i uh guess i came across a twitter thread where people were making up guidelines oh yes yeah. yes did you see some of those i've seen yeah i've seen a few yeah, funny things yeah um and there's one that uh, was completely off the hook. I'm like, okay, this I let me save this because <laughs> this is like one of the best threads of a variety of strangers I don't even know who have come up with. They they must all be writers as well. Yes, it's just so concise and um, cutting and biting. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I do. I mean, you've seen me do it. Where we, I think we've talked about meeting up, and I'll send you an article going. Ah, What's mm -hmm. up with San Francisco? Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently in mar the marina now, that's where all most of the cases are, or a lot of the cases are in the oh. marina. Well, we're having our gazing at each other. Yeah. Shoulders. Like, that's I mean, so... for folks listening outside of San Francisco, the marina is kind of, how would you describe the marina? Uh, wealthy privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Area. Yeah. Near a marina. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So... I mean, there's other parts of San Francisco that are too, and and the yeah. uh, younger demographics. It it. I mean, it doesn't. It's not all younger, but that, that's sort of the yeah uh, vibe. Kind of like a frat. Like if San Francisco had a frat, I feel like it'd be the marina. Does that sound right to it, you? Uh, alums of oh yes frats. yes yes yeah frats. How's that? Yeah, that sounds good. Because uh, yeah. And I've also heard like there have been outbreaks in some of the like homeless shelters here too, oh. which is like another reason why everyone should have their own fucking houses considering there's like empty apartments and houses everywhere. I say the same thing every week. It's just like mind boggling. Like how many new buildings go up with like, all these empty apartments? Yeah. So I, and actually I might, I might make you do this cause I, I, I will drop you off. 
Okay. I drove um, here to. You didn't say where here. though, so this could be like a mission. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm, I'm being funny. Well, well, well. I, I do. I'm curious because the last time I was in the Tenderloin area, yeah, because that's where Untold had its um, classes. Right, right. Um, I, there were several uh, buildings, and. I'm, I'm just curious what is there now. And I know I will read what's happening around the Bindlestiff area. Oh, know, yeah. For people who aren't, this is, this, it's a, uh, there's an enclave in San Francisco and um, actually an area that is designated um, a cultural site for Filipinos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I have read about the situation. Yeah. The elderly and, yeah. Um, capacity for <sighs> and, and um, low cost, affordable yes housing, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I well, so that is the small mission. We'll go on. Is I will kidnap you for a little while. T- I'll, I'll take the long way. Okay. Around just to see, and if there's any place else you're curious about. <laughs> Yeah, I think I mentioned my bike was stolen a few months ago, so I've been usually on foot the last until I get a replacement. Oh. So I've just been like, you know, seeing a little bit more on foot. So it does feel like special to be in a car sometimes. Are you picky about the type of bike? I think I will be because you know I want it to fit and it's okay. really my main mode of transportation. Yeah, I think my bike, which isn't getting as much action, is just kind of a casual cruising yeah. bike. That's, that's- Probably not the rough and tumble yeah. San Francisco. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the offer. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm like, oh yeah, because it's been. I in fact, when I saw it on my way out um, of my home, I was like, oh, I guess I should put air in the tires. Yeah. But I'm probably not gonna ride it over the next week or so. Yeah, and it's been super rainy anyway for the most part, yeah. and it's been chilly. So. Um. So note to self, maybe there's a rent my bike out. <laughs> there's probably an app for sure. Well, I know that Columbus Cyclery like buys used bikes of a, any condition. Oh really? Mm-hmm. I I do intend to get back up on this bike. Um, so um, Union City, where I am from, is it has bike lanes. I guess that's the. Best. <laughs> it's not not it's not not bike friendly. Yeah. But it's definitely a, a suburb. Um, kind of setting um yeah when i started riding my bike so there instead of it's like less than a mile from my home to there's a pie place i niles my, pie yeah niles pie this show go. is brought to you by niles pie get your pie <laughs> yeah, at the co-op pie shop niles yeah, pie that's right how did you you remember there of course i remember cooperative one yeah. time you kidnapped me and brought me there uh black and blue <laughs> little pie that they've done their blackberry mm. blueberry it's really quite good um so when i decided to ride my bike one yes. time i was like i don't know i think i need to practice be feeling more safe because i just was really surprised at the um at some cars some yeah drivers. oh yeah yes so but that was like uh, i'm realizing let me get my grit up and and tackle that again because otherwise then I just stay on sort of the other side so that's on the other side of freeway and it's not um it's just as soon as I go there it's like oh but note to self you and I will do improv and I'm gonna get on my bike I like this 
I like this plant for 2022. Yeah. <laughs> it's already sounding a lot more fun than 2021. Well, yeah. Well, I'm also um, excited because uh, it's, I mean, I feel like I'll just put some air in my tires. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the weather's supposed to be like. We've just both looked at my dog who uh, woke up so and is sneezing. Yeah. I wonder what he was dreaming about. Yeah. I was surprised he was asleep. He was all curled up. And I'm not sure what woke him up other than, um, I don't know, maybe it's time for him to do some business. I love how I love how he looks at you. Oh, that's a cutie. And we could take a bit of a break and see. Um, if he's used yeah, to... Yeah, we can play a song. Can okay. Take a little bio break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll go back on my list. I think I put in like 15 songs <laughs> here. <laughs> So we can go to get to number three here. One of my favorites, uh, Wolf Like Me by TV on the radio. And we'll be back in a bit.
Welcome back here with Shirley Rivera. Hi, Shirley. Hi, Roman. Oh, so much good music. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole play. I have uh, uh, 16 songs here. 
just in case. I I will say I did get to see Prince when oh, he was. Where and when? Uh, Oakland. Uh, gosh, I forget what year. I forget what year in Oakland. Um, not not the surprise one that he did at the Fox, but before yeah. that at the, what did they call it? Uh, not the Coliseum. The Anyways, what's known as Oakland Coliseum, what, uh, Oracle? Is that oh, right, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Actually, I ended up seeing him twice. Two oh, wow. in a row, yeah, because I was like, this is amazing. And I was like, I want to go back. So Sounds so um, exciting. Yeah. Yes, it was. It was very exciting. So I'm just gonna say yes. Since during the break, kind of you and I talked a little bit about about improv. Yes. Um, you don't have to take this, but I thought of you when I I thought of you when I found it. Uh, since we were going down memory lane of different improvisers. Yes. And I've been uh, doing the Marie Kondo on my very oddly expansive collection of t-shirts yes so I'm gonna hold is it a this. flaky jake shirt oh my gosh it is a flaky yes. jake shirt how did you know <laughs> well i can't think of any other teams that made t-shirts yeah so there's a do you want to describe what's happening on the t-shirt um it kind of looks like an old-timey painting and there's two humans one is looks like they're jumping or falling yeah, one stepping on a chair yeah. and falling, basically. Um, and um, yeah, so I have this. I have both of their editions of shirts. Oh, I didn't know there was two different shirts. There's one where uh, that's like a Muppets. Oh. So this is an extra one, in case. You or somebody out there wants it. I just wanted to say no, and so I brought it because I'm I'm going to donate it. Uh, but I thought you would appreciate the definitely. Jake. <laughs> a duo of two two fellows, uh, one who's now in New York, and uh, the other one who's still here in San Francisco, Michael and Michael. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so, not sure about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and we were also, I just wanted to clarify when I was mentioning the, the class that I was a TA for, I don't know if it was exactly 15 out of 18 students, but it was somewhere maybe like 12 out of 16 yeah. or something like that. Lots out of lots. <laughs> I just didn't want someone fact checking this and be like, actually, <laughs> it wasn't 97% cis white men. It was 94% cis white men. And in fact, you really didn't check because one of them is actually part Hispanic or other Hispanic or whatever the census does. Sure, <laughs> sure. What is this? Yeah, I learned, I learned more about the categories of the census when I wrote a little personal essay about identity. Oh. Yeah, because I, well, uh, a while back I learned a while back the formal designation for filipinos is asian american mm -hmm. on federal applications like federal government applications uh -huh. i had not checked that box in the past huh. i would check pacific islander yeah yeah huh. yeah i didn't know so now I, well well i should say in the past being i eventually ended up checking asian american because in uh, the the late 80s I applied for a federal government job and that was the category mm. yeah and I used to my because of my last name I used to think 
that I'm like, oh, this must mean I also should check Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So it's a mixed bag. <laughs> but yeah, so one of those persons in your improv. Yes, yes. Just in case. Yes. For fact checkers. Fact checkers. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh. Uh, improv. Yeah, improv is how we met. Yes. So and, grateful for that. Well, and I guess um, the storytelling, your storytelling chops helped me shape or emphasize, you know, when I've done that one essay. Um, and, and I do, you know, I'm curious to see, like, I, I know I said this earlier, you know, I hope that writing um, resurrects itself yeah. for you. I, yeah, I've read some you. of your past essays many years ago and Oof. very moving, very uh, uh, emotionally charged. Yeah. Very honest. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate all your support and, and with that too. Oh, you're welcome. I, I'll, I mean, I, I guess I'll say this and, and I was reading one of your essays while I was on an airplane this oh. many years ago and I, 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 I believe I told you this. I was like, like audibly, I went, what? I was so angry <laughs> about what you were going through. What you, well, it, you had shared it so well that I had this verbal reaction and I was just, and I was angered and the, my head, I was like, ah, you know, both from just the factual nature, um, and you're my friend. Yeah. Uh, it was written very pointed. Um, it almost had sort of that cadence of, you know, that very staccato cadence. And, um, and, and then I just remember, you know, <sighs> angry crying. Like mm. it was just, I, I believe I told you about yes, this, right? Did. Yeah. And, and, um, yeah. So please go out there and resurrect your writing so people can angry cry. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, people aren't crying bad enough these days. Yeah, but, but I mean, I think, you know, and, and, yeah. and hey, I, I hope people are able to access that yes, in their lives because it's very, um, it's important. Yeah. The spectrum of emotions. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. And I think I felt it was, since it is so personal, it's been hard to kind of go back and, revisit some of those emotions and those feelings and then to also put it out in the world feels very vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. I would, that's probably six or seven years ago. Yeah. Easily, yeah. I would say so. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Like 2014 ish. I remember. Yes. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I'm marking the year because we were able to hang out with each other at different coffee shops. Yes. And I know that also because I had, quit my conventional day job, so yes. to speak, and went back to my own business. And yeah. Oh, man. Coffee. <laughs> I, I, I don't drink as much coffee lately. Yeah. I don't think I do either. Just maybe one, one cup a day, if, well, if that. Wow. Yeah. I will have to remember to share with you some white tea. Mm. And I have, and I don't know if uh, there's a place. There's a place in Chinatown that Red Blossom. Mm. Tea. Since we're just dropping names of places yeah. I shop, and <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I'm assuming they're still open. Yeah, um, but um, yeah. Do you ever think that you'll? Would you ever be interested in doing 
something that's sketch related? Definitely. Oh, that was a, absolutely really. I I mean I miss performing so much, and I miss the collaborative aspect of it, and. Like I enjoy writing, but it's also feels so isolating at times. And I love doing the show, but I think for the, especially for the past couple of years, um, like it's so nice to have someone here in the station to talk with. Yeah. Um, and I just, I miss collaborating with people. I mean, that's the part of improv I miss a lot too, is just being able to create something with somebody that's like larger than the two of us or three of us or however many people are involved. Right. Well, let's see. I mean, since, you know, before the break, I mentioned about how there's virtual as well as in person yeah. in the Bay Area. And then on sketch, I'll note to self because I, um, so at, I have just taken um, sketch from Ari, who's over on the East Bay mm-hmm. with All Out Comedy. And I've enjoyed it uh, both times. He's very, his, the way he gives feedback to everybody wherever they are yeah. in their expertise is really helpful and it's always it's really been interesting um so i i'm assuming there will be another sketch class and uh we'll see what happens and hopefully an opportunity to do it in person yeah um so cuz we took the class over zoom um and then uh actually filmed the sketches in person mm. so that was very different from the year before. Yes. Yeah. And the topics were quite a variety, uh, but it'd be neat to see you bring your point of view through a sketch and um, maybe yeah. <laughs> we could add that. Also. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. As I look back at my dog, yeah, very sweet. Oh, shall I tell you about why I named him Avenal? Yes, please. Well, I'll try to do this shorter than the blabbering stuff I had said when I shared it with somebody else. So it is a city mm-hmm. in um, the Central Valley. And when I was working, f- and I said to somebody in 2013 in the lobby of Stageworks. Yes. Uh, there was this random um, event, a, a Adoption. I don't know if you were there. It's like it only happened once. There were, that sounds very familiar. Yeah, yes. yeah. There were like three or four pups in little, um, you know, uh, pens or pens crates, and uh, they. So I was talking to them. I, I think back then I also still was like, I want a dog. Um, and it just so happened that the dogs came from Kings County. Mm. And then one of the other ones said, oh yeah, and this one came from Avenal. And yes. I thought it was very odd because it's like, oh, and here's why. So Avenal at the time was a project I was on uh-huh. while I was working for the Environmental Protection Agency. Yes. And one could arguably say that they weren't good memories or argue the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Part of it, it was uh, just a power plant that was being proposed down there, and it came with uh, quite a bit of environmental justice-related folks were concerned yes. about the added, the addition of such a plant. Um, anyways, I have named my dog Avenal because from that, mm-hmm. I feel like the experience I got when I was at EPA was becoming much more aware about the environmental justice landscape. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd been working for industry 
and in the government is my background. So having kind of the vicarious aspect of seeing the community side of it was really um, a learning experience for me. And at the same time, there were several memos that the government put out, that EPA put out, that I think were seminal. Uh Um, And I don't know, for me, as much as I'm sure the developer, just so you know, spoiler alert, the power plant was never built. It did end up Mm. going through the Ninth Circuit, um, the first of this type of action. And, And overall, the plant, if you kind of do it, you know, compared to others, um, is considered relatively, you know, uh, low polluting in in sort of its category of plants. Without getting into discussions about what's environmental and what's not, um, and so I said to somebody at the lobby that time when there was that puppy adoption event, um, when I get a dog or any pet, even a cat, I'm going to name name them. And then somebody goes, Avenal? <laughs> and I like, I'm like, why would I do that? And I said, no, wait, yes, I will do that. <laughs> and I said that I would do that. And so there we have it. Huh. It's probably a boring story because to other people who are listening, but in my head, there's a lot around um, just the memory of good and bad. Yeah. Working at EPA and seeing that interplay of business, government, mm-hmm. and community. Yeah. Yeah. So yelling out his name the first time was weird. I guess it's like yelling out the name of a city. But you no, know, he's doing, he's doing, he's good. Yeah. He's very, and it makes me smile. It makes, it's good memories. Um, but yeah, so the whole environmental justice stuff has really become interesting for me. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see where things are going. Um, I've I haven't I've had an opportunity since April since mid April to work with a an organization down in San Diego mm. helping them understand the regulatory technical elements of some of the uh, proposed actions that the air agency is taking down there. Mm-hmm. So it's been really interesting because my role is specific to what I would do normally for a business. Um, and my role isn't in the advocacy side. They do the advocacy side. Yes. It's just really nice to see the blending of that and helping them articulate through also the language and lens of what I can bring, knowing the government side and the, the business, I guess, voice, right? Mm-hmm. How they can articulate their position in that landscape. It's been it's been neat. It's been neat. Um and I can still do work for the business side, especially those who have an interest in, ideally, also being fair yes. and active yeah. <laughs> with the communities, as opposed to performative. <laughs> so I'll just say, yeah. So I, so um, we'll see what happens. Um, I, I know I shouldn't start ranting. You're like, no rant. I'm just curious to see. Like, I'm going to start. I'm just curious to see really how the environmental justice element is going to play out in the um, Biden administration. (sighs) Should I describe what just happened with your eyes rolling out of your head? Go (laughs) for it. I mean, I feel like that just did. Uh, I mean, if they actually cared about the environment, they would stop funding the Pentagon. 
So the U.S. military is the number one polluter in the world. They're uh, they're not going to do that. Well, and I'm not. So then. Yeah, and, and and the odd counterpoint also <laughs> is that yes. all there's all these technologies that are coming out of various elements of the DoD that have been good for the environment, but I mean they're sort of like, well, what does that mean, and how has it been funded, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, it's it's. I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm going to have to think that through and where my <laughs> <laughs> where I land on that because I do think. You know, it's tough. Like, I've worked for companies that would be considered, you know, oh, the polluters, they're not renewable. But they've been on, not but, because they've been projects that have pushed the envelope in their own business category, their class category, mm-hmm. for lower emissions, better efficiencies, you know, it, I'm glad that I could be part of that and yeah. that, that could see the light of day. Um, but... Yeah, it's uh, it, and when I think about it, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll we'll see. It, when I was still at EPA, um, there were elements. There was a the regional administrator. Her name was Lisa Jackson. Mm-hmm. She came into um, EPA with that as part of her objectives, and um, and then she's gone. You know, other regional administrator. Um, so now we have another one. When I say we, the country, mm-hmm. <laughs> not not we as an EPA. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder. I know I used the word before, but I hope I hope it also is not a performative yes element yeah that that is engaged upon um, because it doesn't help. It does it doesn't help. You know, if it's performative, businesses looking at it like, well, why should we do this? Mm-hmm. Or communities are like, you're not helping. You know, I don't know. I won't get on that soapbox, but you can. Well, I did like seeing your eyes almost roll out of your head. <laughs> I, I mean, it. I mean that's the thing. Since doing this show, it's like no matter who's president, like they don't care about working people. They don't care about the environment. So I don't have uh, faith yeah. in the powers that be. Let's put it that way. Well, I. Yeah, this this is my idealist coming out, but then I'll have Please, my... I, th- I do I know, need an I idealist just, to just, counterbalance. Just, you know, I want it, well, and I say, you know, I want to, I want to believe mm-hmm. that there'll be some movement. I think what, not I think, I know what gets, you know, what kind of irks me is if I see that, oh, let's, let's create a task force to create a plan to figure out how we're going to do this thing. It's like, even though people have been already working on it for generations, (laughs) like people were warning about climate change since before, you know, we were born. So it's like just so dumb. Yeah. That's, that's sort of an interesting thing because of my being able to be here in the Bay area and do work with this organization in San Diego. On my own time, I also just check out what's happening that I can, you know, virtually with some of the other air agencies throughout the state. I will say it's really interesting, the patchwork of how the degree of um, how and whether and if environmental justice is taken from a particular angle, you know, one way or, or the other, the um, the... It's interesting to see how government interacts with the community organizations. Yes. I'll, I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, I'm reflecting on my 
job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I, which I'm I'm excited about. It's it's funny. Um, I I I wrote a, a personal essay because I was taking a writing course. Um, uh, the essay is called Environmentalist. Mm-hmm. Identify yourself, and it is about you know when I decided to. Um, well, it's not even just decided when I was speaking with the San Diego organization, Environmental Health Coalition. Um, the executive director, she and I were both talking to really make sure it was a match. Yes. Because she knew about my, you know, almost 30 years um, background, working more on the business government side of things. And I thought, I, I mean, I was just really um, appreciative and I guess surprised um, that she, you know, wanted to make sure that I understood the decision I was making. Yeah. And I thought, well, I don't think anybody who I'm working with, I, I can ask, you know, um, would stop working with me. Uh, fast forward, uh, t- just about a month later. So I ended up doing some work with them. And one of my colleagues uh, learned I was doing work for them. We were all on a, a virtual, what do you call it? Like a, you know, one of those workshops, right? Mm-hmm. And I just assumed she knew and she was shocked. And so she did, we later talked and she just really expressed, you know, a lot of surprise. Um, so I wrote this essay because it made me wonder, well, wait a minute. <laughs> Why do you think that because I start working for somebody on the community side, that that means I wouldn't necessarily be also serving the greater landscape for the environment. Like, and and it is, I get it. It's a matter of choosing sides perhaps. Right. And so I guess that's why I was saying my idealist aspect is I want to really explore the interplay between those three business government and community and just see how, not just the dialogue, but how there can be some kind of enough of a common language. Um, and then, you know, I know the outcomes and expectations differ, but there's, yeah, to to get to where we need to go with regards to the environment, climate change, it's it's uh, going to take a lot of work. I, I want to be part of it. That's what yeah. well, I should say. I don't want to. That's that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. All the not hoping. That's the work that I'm doing is is um, moving that. I know it might be a small needle, but who knows? And my hope is that the outcome of some of the work that's happening, you know, helps shift agency's perspective community feels like they can engage i mean that's the shitty part is mm-hmm. if, you know like i went onto a website uh, an agency website not the san diego one but somebody else's website to say oh let me just go in this with a beginner's mind it's so hard to navigate to find mm-hmm. out where i can like participate i'm like what the heck yeah yeah, yeah. Well, probably deliver it you know i want to believe it's not <laughs> But, um, yeah, it almost feels like, oh, there could be just like a button that says public engagement. Yes. You know, let me press that button. Um, but, yeah, it, deliberate, poor website design. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yes. Uh, combination. Um, but, yeah, you're right. My idealist is coming out. <laughs> I'd like to think it's poor website design. Yeah, that. could be. 
or just uh, making it harder for somebody to actually engage. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, we're coming to the end of the show here. Well, what what um what lessons have we learned? Um, don't trust authority figures. Yeah, that is a lesson. Um, it's better to connect with people and to collaborate when you're able to. And magical things can happen. That is true. I also uh, will say, we didn't say this earlier, but um, where you've been the past eight years um, will be, can be, and must be repurposed Mm. for going forward in whatever other channel of creative expression you're pursuing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank welcome. you, Shirley. Um, and that um, I have a dog that's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to anxious. So I learned, you and I learned that. What else? Um, eight years. Yeah. And who knew that you and I were improv nerds? This <laughs> I mean, I knew I was an improv nerd. I didn't know until I started talking with you about it. Well, it's a big part of how we've spent a lot of time over the years. That's true. And we've met a lot of people through it. And it's just also in terms of having conversations and being able to literally yes and the other person. I I know we're coming to the end, but I will say I notice that you actively and deliberately make statements yes and when we're talking. Yeah. Did you know that? No, but... (laughs) (laughs) now i will uh keep it i feel like i do have that kind of in my mind a bit just to like the really yes and to i thought maybe that was something that you were practicing to just express outwardly like it was so you you didn't know that you're doing i think i part of me knows yeah i think so and it's just also helpful for interviews and to encourage the other person to talk okay to get on the same page yes Yes, because uh-huh. it makes yeah, it makes the dialogue uh, a lot more. Um, well, it could it could be both convergent and divergent. Really. Yes, and expansive. Yes, which we're not at a loss for that. No, I mean I feel like we could talk for another four hours. I don't even know um, what time it is. Yeah, it's it like that time. six to two. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we've learned that we inadvertently just started dropping names of people yeah. and places and things that yes. are just local. Avenal, yeah. Marga Gomez, <laughs> Niles Pie Company. Yeah. <laughs> if I had sponsors, I'd be like, this episode was brought to you by yeah. well, the um, town of Avenal. Sounds like Tylenol, but it's not. But it's not. <laughs> um, the well, EPA. The federal EPA. Oh, that would be ironic if they were to sponsor this show. Yeah, they'd have to fill out a lot of paperwork, and it probably wouldn't pass the, <laughs> the conflict of interest and, or whatever oh. other type of uh, context. Um, it, there's lots of paperwork. Um, well, what is it that you'd like to say as you're closing? This is your uh, series one swan series song. one swan song thank you so much to all the folks who have listened over the years who have recommended the show who've come in to be interviewed all the folks who wrote articles all the activists out there who i may never we may never get to meet but i appreciate your actions and all the folks out there who 
think of the the greater good in in what you do. Um, grateful for that. And all the folks who have come before who are no longer with us, who made it so we could come together today and talk talk to all you listeners out there. Hand to heart. Uh, hand to heart. Well, thank you so much for being here. Surely it meant a lot, means oh. a lot, present tense that you're here right now. You're welcome. And I'm glad that I didn't know what we were going to do, if there was a format or what have you. So I'm glad that you entertained this and babysat with me. And uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. You're, you're, uh, I love you. Oh, I love you too. You are such a good friend. Oh, likewise. Aw. Yay. I'm <laughs> flapping my arms. All right. I'm going to end with a positive song ish. It's a long one called Make Tomorrow by Peter Gabriel featuring Richie Havens. And uh, I think that'll be it. So check out our archive at weeklyrev.org and we'll be back sometime in the future somewhere to be determined. Bye-bye. Look at tomorrow.